Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. Oh, boy. As always, uh, on this very special 10th episode, I am your host, Tyler. And I'm your holly jolly co-host, Till. If you're new to the show, Rolling with Disadvantage is our podcast where we argue and debate and and ho-ho-ho into the void about various aspects of uh, Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. Feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast. We'd love to hear from you, in all honesty. Yeah, absolutely. My the Twitter needs more activity. It totally yes. does. Yes. Um, but that's partially my fault. I don't do a very good job. And I, don't... I just have a hard time getting on it at work, and I just want to like, because there's I see tweets come across. I'm like, oh, I feel like it'd be great to just yeah. retweet and put a comment. And I recently went on my don't. own personal Twitter and just deleted all my tweets. Yeah, smart move. And I got rid of my Facebook. Yeah, smart and move. And I archived a whole bunch of my Instagram stuff. I just like, screw it. I'm just going to put everything down to the bare minimum. You had Instagram? Yeah, of course. Nice. I don't do that. It's, well, you know, visual. So it's no, important no, no, for no, me. Not a cup of tea. It's from, you know, for my career. and Well, whatnot, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So just as a side note for everybody listening, we're going to uh, take a week off for the holidays yes. next week. So enjoy this special 10th episode in which we will be discussing something. Um, I'll pull first Yes, today. That's, that, that sounds, is that, you know, that normal? We'll, we'll, we're going to change it up. Break with tradition. Bloop, 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 bloop. At a very traditional time of year. Bloop, 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 bloop. We're flipping at the bird. Okay, sure. Uh, proselytizing. You know what that means? I do not. I was trying to convert someone to your religion. Oh. Uh, how to convert friends and family to D&D. Oh, okay, okay. I actually have very l- little success with this, I think. I've done all right. Um, do I have notes about this? I do. Have you had success is my first note, and I... Not really. <laughs> I've, I've, well, in all fairness, I mean, you've tried what, your cousin? My wife, my cousin. Uh, hey, your wife should be an easier target. You call my wife easy? She, no, no, I, the, the exact opposite, actually. Um, various and sundry friends... With limited success. Mm-hmm. I have some older, a couple of older friends who have expressed interest, but have not yet done it. Yeah, yeah. So I would say my success rate is less than one, but more than zero, because I've had partial attempts. But in your entire, like, like in your entire life, would you still maintain that? Because you've, um, no. I'm sure back in the day you brought people into it. When I was young, it. yeah, I had a cousin that we had sort of brought into the fold. Mm-hmm. And then basically all the people we play with now... You're not going to try I, to take credit for that, right? No, but I, they didn't. Those I was my the, pulls. I was the first amongst all of us. Oh, yes. Yes. You, you and... Well, in all fairness, Marmar and your brother got me into well, D&D. Yeah, I'm not taking credit for it. I'm just saying, like, I can be associated with it. Yes, yes, you're I part was, of the OG group. I am the OG player in the group. Yes. From age 10. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. We Once upon a time, we're outside. I told you this before, I think. In a tent... In the backyard, trying to play D anD D, and there That's was probably where bugs lost everywhere. Bugs. It was my cousin. He still played for a while. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, but you play magic with us and all that sort of stuff. I would probably recommend not going that route. Outdoor D anD D does to, not work. It doesn't work. If trying to convert someone to D anD D, do not play outside. Um, so that was a not working strategy. Unless you live in like the desert in Arizona. No, because there's wind, and you know yeah. paper typically. I guess in the digital world, you could probably maybe. But yeah, paper and me, pens and pencils and dice. Just, oh yeah, you lose dice. Yeah. Oh god. Oh, rattlesnake bites. Terrible. I, what? What? Anyway. Oh, they are dangerous creatures yeah. out there. I mean, there's something to be said for atmosphere. 
Yeah. So like if you could you could highly construct a place outdoors to do it, that'd be cool. Just think if you could play like in one of those like ice caves in like Greenland. <gasps> oh yeah. That'd be so much. That'd be fun. really cool. Ooh, chair. Or like you know, there's plenty of like shows they do D and D in a castle kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, actually down. Uh, I think um, without trying to give away too much show. of where we may or may not be in this great world of ours, do we? Do people know that? Nobody knows where we are. Anyway, down We're in, in the office. Uh, uh, southeastern Ohio, in the Hawking Hill area, there's the Ravenwood Castle, which yes. actually hosts D and D sessions and such for weekends. And I've heard it's a lot of fun to play there. There's plenty of sites around these United States that could function as really great atmospheric things. Um, I don't necessarily think those, to get back to the original topic, are where you want to start, probably, unless it's going to be great. I th- Well, I think that if you're trying to pull someone in for the first time, I think it's less about the content of the session and more about the, the experience. Yeah. I would agree. You, you bring somebody in and they have just this incredible first experience where it's the atmosphere is perfect and the, the lighting's right and you got music playing in the background for your stuff and everyone's really into their characters. Everything else will work itself out at that point. Well, the content's still important because if the game sucks after that. But... but can't it be said that at the end of the day, it's all about you know having fun with your friends and content isn't as important, especially for somebody first time who doesn't really know what the game's about. That's defensible. I just don't necessarily agree. But the um, I had a follow-up thought to that and it's gone now. Uh, that, but I agree, oh no, I agree with you. That, that feeling yeah. is that it's a positive association if it's a good time. My, we brought up my cousin who we tried to rope into playing D&D. The first time I introduced him, it was like, oh, let's build a character. That's not fun for someone no. the first time. But then we tried again, where I'm just here's your character. Perfect. So we're gonna play. Perfect. And he's like, this is this, he liked it. He actually liked it. He he's only played the one another time, but he didn't. Yeah, I would definitely. Liked it. I would definitely say, um, if we're gonna take steps, we're gonna list some steps on how to get people into it. Make their first character for them. Talk to them about it. You know, what do you like? What do you want to do? Who? What's your kind of person? The, but make that character for them. We uh, had previously discussed the story time adventure where I was Beowulf yes. and everybody else was character. There was, what, how many, 12, 11 of us playing? There there were at, uh, 10 of you. 10 of us playing? Yes. That was not, I don't think, a good strategy for first-time players. Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Big, but huge group. Not... I still think people had fun. Oh, no, I'm not disputing that. But it was not a great... This is what D and D is. No, not no. at all. Because you're never gonna be a ten person. And we never got anything campaign. done. You guys actually did a, a decent you amount. Skipped a huge yes, chunk of yes. it for us to get anything done. Yes, very they much. They set so. a bridge on fire, and then we couldn't get to them. Whatever. We, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think avoiding keeping it more of a intimate, intimate thing, and with players you know will mesh well with people you're proselytizing to. Yes. Right. You don't want like your rules lawyer there the first time if they're gonna be like me. The whole time, because that won't be fun for anyone. Agreed. The uh, the other thing I have in my notes was if there's something easier, friends versus family. What do you think? Um, I would say that it depends how open your family is. Like honestly, I feel like I could get my family to play a one shot with me, like mm-hmm. my parents and my brother. Yeah. Um, but that's because my my dad has been playing RPGs his whole life. Right. My mom just goes with the flow. She'll say yes to you know keep the family happy, and my brother is you know he's a he's he does board games more so, but he's a very intelligent person. I think he would find aspects of D and D that would be very entertaining. So if I said, "Hey guys, you know we're all together for the holidays," it's you know we've got 
three, four hours that we're going to play games anyway, just sit down. I made these characters. Just Let's just run through this and see what you guys think. And I think that brings up a good point. Is It's not hard to get somebody to try it, um, but the I'll say difficulty is getting someone to pick up a, a habit effectively in their advanced age in 30s and 40s or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I've, I'm a full-grown adult. I like the things I like. It's not easy necessarily to be like, hey, you like the things you like? Try this new thing that eats up a day once every week. You're essentially describing uh, the tactics uh, that cigarette companies avoid. Uh, they hook you while you're young, and I feel like Yeah, that's... in D&D, it's kind of one of those things. We were really, Like any other game. You know, you got to hook people when they're young. Yeah, or any, not any other game specifically, but any other activity like video games. You can't just you can't take just a person in their forties. Right, right. You can. I've seen. I've seen like uh, uh, there's this one YouTube like grandma gamer or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, she's specific. She's exactly. Very specific. It's not the norm. My it's the exception. mother, you know, years ago picked up a Wii. She's like, I'm gonna try playing Wii games, <laughs> and just she didn't have the manual dexterity developed over the course of her lifetime to like hand-eye coordinate with this crazy yes. visual thing that's happening on mm-hmm. screen. Granted, she got a not easy game. It was a Sonic Ew. game. So it was like trying to jump around grabbing rings, and she was freaking out. But if I tried to... she Actually, if I tried to show, you know, show her D&D, she'd be like, I don't have time for this at this point. Yes. Uh, I feel like that's the thing that a lot of people would say. I don't have the time. I don't have the patience. I don't want to learn. And with that, I think it all goes back to just Showing them that it doesn't take a great deal of time to play it. it. It does, but it doesn't take, like, a great deal of time just to understand the basics and to just play no. the game. Now, if you're going to, to actually learn the game and you're going to abide by all the rules and you're going to learn your feats and your spells and everything, that will obviously take time. Right. But that can be learned over a greater period of time. I've seen really basic games, both in my own experience and on streams or whatever, where the players effectively know nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's still been successful. Yeah. We had beginners D and D last year with X person's girlfriend and other another random friend of ours playing. They didn't really know the rules, but it was explained to them as we went, and they had a great time because mm-hmm. they did. They came to it more of a well, I can try anything, so I'll try anything. You just tell me what I need to do. Um, you know, like trying to bluff people, sneak past people, assassinate people, like not really knowing how to do it, but trying to do it anyways. Um, and that was so. I I think there's pros and cons both to recruiting friends and family. Mm-hmm. I got red in my headphones. Um, yeah, red on you. Yeah, red on you. Like the families would be more willing to like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll I will appease you yes. from your family, whereas yes. the friends would be more like, nah, I'm good. Then, yeah, but then the friends would be more likely to keep going with it because they're mm-hmm. your friends, whereas the family, like, no, nah, we're good. Yeah, yeah. The the family did it the one time to make you happy, and that's that. So let's talk about success rate with playing with a significant other. Uh, Obviously, my wife has tried it and says she will try it again. But uh, she's not a reliable player. I, I have, I have to, I've uh, You've had several girlfriends in recent memory, I've, all of which you've introduced it to. Yes. Tell me about your success. Uh, zero success. <laughs> zero. No, it did. It does not work. Um, I'm not. I'm not the best person to be the DM for them. No. That that's definitely something. Right. That's the huge downfall. You can't. I. It, Not in a dating type relationship. No, you can't DM no, for your girlfriend you're, you're, or boyfriend. As much as we, we, this goes back to other conversations we've had, but as much as it's not PCs versus DM, it is. Uh-huh. And 
when the DM is doing horrible things to PCs, especially significant others, unspeakable things, it looks it it doesn't. Set yeah, you well. can't have that power dynamic. Like you, if you wanted to, you'd probably if you had a boyfriend or girlfriend you want to play with, you would probably both have to be players to yes. somebody else Absolutely. that you're both friends with. Like yes. they would have to DM or probably. or that there's complete strangers with. Yeah. I can see that working, too. Right. Like, you go to a game session at your local game store, and you and your girlfriend or boyfriend or significant other of any kind sits mm-hmm. down, and you guys just play, and it's totally just... That's actually not random. a bad idea as a way to start. To yeah. Because like, there's, there's many places near us that have D&D nights, you know, days, whatever. You could just show up. Oh, God, my headphones. That and, and, and yeah. try. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, just in general, uh, are going to be more uh, courteous to strangers. strangers sure. You're not going to rib them or give them a hard time for stuff. I don't know. I've seen some horror stories on the interwebs. I agree. Some I agree. real bad but horror stories. in my personal experience, which is obviously very anecdotal, uh, I have had always positive experiences with strangers. I think this is a good opportunity to speak to our very limited audience and say, if somebody's coming to you for D&D the first time, do not be a dick to them. Yeah. We're trying to expand this community here. And if, if, if a DM is just like a total douchebag to a new player, Guess what? Not That's the play. last time that person's going to play because yeah. you've ruined it for them. Yeah. And same thing as a as a um, first time DM, like oh, and I played before on DM this time. Maybe don't be a dick because <laughs> people want you to DM again mm-hmm. if you're not a dick. Yeah. Um, and it always fascinates me when I see stories or hear stories about people who played with someone who is just the worst. Like not that they were bad at it or the poor story or whatever, but they were like a dick. They they were just tough to be with. Yeah. Like ignoring you or overruling you or just in general being poor sport uh, I think that to tie in with that and getting people to play any game especially D&D and I badminton. Think, and badminton it's just about saying yes getting them to, to the dress. Get, getting them to just understand that they are accepted in this game because mm-hmm. it's going to be weird for them mm-hmm. it's going to take them a while to yes. envision being a uh, Elven priest of various sorts and whatnot. So just say yes. You know, if they want to go talk to this, if they want to go find another elven NPC in a human city, let them roll for it. See right. what happens. And I think that's the best part about contemporary Dungeons and Dragons is it's it's very accepting. We yeah. briefly discussed last week the the race thing, mm-hmm. right? That's it's not maybe it's bad optics still in some places, but the game's very open to people of all shapes, colors, and sizes yep. and stripes and whatever. Very much so. There's you know there's there's purely gay D and D streams. It's just you know queer, non-binary people playing. Like that's awesome. That they're like they feel comfortable with this game, which traditionally was very heteronormative for a long mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. Like you know he or she, whatever. The 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 men wore the armor, yeah. and did the fighting. The women wore the skimpy outfits. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It was it was like that, but it's not that now. No, I think the game's come a long way. Very much so for being open to to people. I know that there are I, I believe five different all female streams mm-hmm. that are actually combining forces this weekend. Oh no. That uh, to do like to do like a four episode arc between all of them oh. on Geek and Sundry. So I'm actually gonna, I'm actually very much looking There's forward to that. There's probably too many D and D streams though. There are a lot, but I think it's a good thing. I think yeah. that kind of just raises general awareness and interest. General awareness. I think you could possibly over oversaturate a market, but there's something for everybody in all of those. But you know, every Tom, Dick, and Harry records their sessions and puts it out there. We we recorded it for our own posterity, yes. just for us to listen to, and it was amusing to do that. But I had no inclination to share it. No, 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 no. Because a thanks, 
you know, all the things we said. Stuff. And B, like, who cares? No one cares. No one cares about no this. No one cares. No. Um, one thing I will say is that I do miss us recording it because... It allowed... It allowed me to immerse myself more in the story and less in my notes. Yeah, it allowed you to, like, oh, go back later. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot about all that. Yeah, because I... Because I had too I, many drinks. I always listened after the fact and took notes on the recording and just kind of played at the time. And I feel like I'm much more in my notebook right now. I don't know. It was a lot of work for me yeah, to record and set up and all that stuff and edit. Um, so I just turned to t- t- uh, stop because of laziness. Um, but I like that moment at the beginning of every session where I do the rundown. Mm-hmm. And everybody goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that guy. That's or something they, or that they would laugh very much something. have when you're first playing with somebody. It happens still to this day. You know, so. I'll play, people are playing with for years. And you're like, oh, yeah. When last we met, this happened. I'm like, I totally forgot about that. Fuck that guy. So this actually ties back into the topic, in my opinion. Um, One thing as a DM that I would say for somebody that's new is make what you say, make the content you present mean something because they're going to be hanging on your every word. Mm -hmm. They're they're going to be writing everything down. When I first started playing, I took notebooks full of notes. I sat and I wrote down every single word. And... As a first-time player, it was fine for me because I actually enjoy that kind of yeah. thing. But a lot of people just want to be a part of it, right. be a part of the story, be a part of the the fun. And when you are presenting something, you don't need to necessarily, especially for a first-time player, go into the history of Eberron and no. all of the deities no. and all of the heroes that have ever existed. Of course not. Give the information that is necessary and let the characters do what they want to do. Right. I would agree with that. Yeah. And especially if somebody's just giving it a shot for the first time. Absolutely. They don't need any information. No. Except for the fact that this is a fantasy environment. You're an elf or you're a dwarf. Or yeah. you, you, unless it's overtly important to the story. You're a halfling rogue because yeah. it's the best race in class. There you as go. We discussed. Yeah, exactly. I want to... Uh, should make a halfling. Should make a halfling rogue. Do it. No, because I was one. And I just fucking... All it, I just ended up murdering people. Yeah. It's <laughs> every time. Well, be like an arcane trickster or something. That's the worst. Yeah, make it good. Melee spellcasters suck. Make it good. No, <laughs> that's not the point. I don't. I don't want to get good. All right, uh, but do I have any other notes about this? No, I do not. I think the moral of the story is it's got to feel good, and it's probably not going to succeed. But what the hell? I think that it's. Uh, I hate to use this term, but it's a numbers game. Yes. The more people you invite. The more chance you have to create a good first impression, the more likely you are to bring somebody into the fold. Right. So if you're, if you're trying to expand your group to friends, family, strangers, the worst they can say is no. So you might as well just try. Just do it. And they'll probably say no, but who knows? Maybe yeah. you get a new person. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's go ahead and take five and we'll be right back. Sounds good. All right, welcome back. I don't actually know how I usually make this transition. Greetings uh, and salutations. No, it's the beginning of the show. I gotta work on this transition part. Let's just pick a topic. <laughs> no. Okay, fine. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. We'll just jump right into it. Do you, have, do you have something to say before I do this? I want a particular this, one in there. I'm just saying, this is the last one before. Last one for 2018. 2019 starts. So. Be the one I want. Be the one that I want. Is this the one? I don't know. It's got an alligator on it, though. It's got an alligator. They're little scraps of paper. What is that? Okay. Saying? Okay. What is that? that that's good. What is that's it? good. No, this will work. What fantasy material oh, or oh, other okay. media yep. is easily adapted to D&D? Mm-hmm. And uh, I will go ahead and uh, 
take the lead on this one, Go ahead. if you don't notes. mind. No, I don't have any notes. Um, because I'm quite literally in the process of this, and if any of my people in my Monday session are listening, stop listening right now. Do they even know you have a podcast? They don't. Oh, one does. El Gingerino. Oh, yeah. But, uh... <laughs> Didn't want to use his name. Anyway, uh, I got nothing. Anyway, uh, I have found uh, yeah. great success yeah. uh, converting uh, the works and ideas ah, of yes. a one HP Lovecraft into the D and D world. Resident goth fuck boy. Yeah. 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 That seems easy. Yeah, it, it works out quite well. Uh, he has very uh, uh, universal settings. Uh, he has stories that take place across the world. Um, now, you know, obviously you want to tone down the xenophobia and racism. Do you do the madness functionality in your campaign? Um, I uh, do, depending on the characters. Uh, some of them deal with that in their own ways. Uh, I usually keep that as secret roles. Uh, but things that I usually bring are just uh, general themes. Um, I bring a, a lot of monsters uh, from the HP, like I love bringing yeah. elder Star things Spawn in and, and stars. Yeah. Exactly, um, I love bringing in the idea of uh, never knowing like what side is the good side versus the bad side. You know, are these people working for us or against us, or you know, do they have their own nefarious purposes? It's a lot of guessing who's with you and who's against you, and uh, that's something that uh, that sense of uneasiness is something that I've always picked up on in uh, Lovecraftian stories. And that's perfect for a game that's not just straight killing mobs. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, I feel like we've had several attempts at settings and stories that are really about like there's a horde of things happening. You have to kill it. And those don't adapt well because because the story's not there mm-hmm. necessarily. Mm-hmm. And any fantasy material really has to have the hook that caught you in the first place to read it present in the D&D version of yes. it. it has to have that hook that catches you to read it you know if you simply were like I'm gonna do it you know honestly the majority of D&D campaigns are a version of Lord of the Rings yeah there's a big bad mm-hmm. there's an artifact mm-hmm. yeah. gotta keep those two apart yeah. destroy one or the other that's, that's fair that's and that your comes party, up a lot your party comes together mm-hmm. your, you go through mm-hmm. adventures mm-hmm. you become heroic mm-hmm. you destroy one mm-hmm. of the, or both of the things mm-hmm. everybody wins um, yes, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, there are like, other, there's other epics that came before Lord of the Rings, you know, the stories, the great poems like Beowulf or the Odyssey and things like that, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, you have your heroes of old that, well, just the whole hero's journey from, yeah. um, Joseph Campbell. Yeah. That, that, that functions in D&D for the most part, Absolutely. except there's seldom a rejecting your call to action, which is a big part of the hero's journey. Well, it depends on your character, but yeah. But yeah. <laughs> That's not, most characters are like, okay. Okay. <laughs> I accept. I, I am I am righteous. Hey, you know, my mind is full of goblins. Can you come here? I'll pay you. Okay. No. That's against, <laughs> yeah, my, can, that's against my better judgment. Like, uh, nah. Can you schedule in for next Wednesday? You know what? I really got to work on my uh, brewery toolkit yes. over here, so yes. I cannot help you out. Uh, but I think, there's, I think, uh, a lot of those fantasy materials have similar tropes. Mm-hmm. If you if you're just inspired by straight things that feel D and D, a sword and sorcery, yeah, right, yeah. like Warcraft environment, Lord of the Rings environment, like a, you know, even like a Robin Hood or King Arthur environment, mm-hmm. have uh, Arthurian legend. I think would be a great one. Uh, any the basic kind of bones. ancient Greek or Roman. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. There you go. Oh my God. Yeah. That's I am doing the fuck out of that. Oh, with the rabbit? And the knights who say, icky, 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 um, bop. 
what's the what's the monster that chased them around like a thousand eyes? Oh. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> In the bridge with the questions. Yes. What is your name? Yes, yes, exactly. What is your question? What, what is, is your, your favorite, favorite color? color? So Blue. Good. I'm in green. Oh! oh. <laughs> what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? Is that the African or the European? What? I don't, I don't, I don't know, know that. Know. <laughs> oh my god! Perfect. So perfect. But um, I think if you're trying, if you're a DM, mm-hmm. you're trying to introduce material. There's a there's a big question you have to ask yourself: Is are you okay using material that players might be familiar with, or do you really want material that will be new? To them as well. You have to adapt it, essentially. Well, you know, there's upsides and downsides. Major downside. Major downside. For using material, your players might... Not everyone is a member of the military. Majors and generals are. um, (laughs) That you might encounter is that your players run the risk of, like, metagaming. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, this is... This yeah. is that, uh, that's why I've gone out of my way to not name things yeah. what they are. Right. Like, oh, this is the Lord of the Rings campaign setting. Okay, so if I go that way, I'll, I'll run into the ends or yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, and players, popular stuff, people haven't necessarily read. I am in a really lucky position where you people don't read anything. <laughs> so I can use almost any fantasy material whatsoever and get away with it. I still am very upset that I, I didn't pick up on the Countess of Exed. In well, that's just history. Yeah. Right? I, I, the I feel bad Bathory, not knowing that. Fucking, yeah, most famous female serial killer yeah. slash murderer yeah. of all time, yeah. and she bathed in blood. I should have known that one. She's perfect. should have known that one. I think history itself is a great fantasy yeah, setting because there's so much stuff going on. What are uh, a couple... Popular, what pop, popular modern, uh, maybe not even modern, but modern-ish uh, media um, movies, shows that you think would be adapted very well. Any gladiatorial thing like The Gladiator. Okay. Super easy. Okay. Right? Yeah. The story of, you know, the hero from home having returned mm-hmm, and slaving. Mm-hmm. Any Robin Hoodie type thing is obviously really easy. Dragonheart. Could do with, it. Um, who the fuck is the guy in Dragonheart? Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid, thank you. I couldn't Sean call him Dennis Quaid. Yes. We had an argument about that recently. We did. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, uh, but specifically sort of non-fantasy things that could be adapted really well. Honestly, shows like Breaking Bad okay. could really, like, where you take uh, a reluctant villain introducing, you know, in this case, drugs, but it could mm-hmm. be something else into a population. He thinks it's for good. He ends up becoming evil. You have to stop him, that kind of stuff. Something that I think would be very easy... Um, and that I feel like a majority, uh, I, I don't want to say a strong majority, but a majority of D&D players could easily adapt would be their favorite anime. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's, like, that's super easy. Like, you could take literally the entire story of My Berserk Hero Academia. And just run it um, as is. What's the vampire Alucard one? Oh, Helsing. 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 Easy. Full Metal Alchemist. FMA, sure. Easy. The, so the two stories that I'm drawing inspiration from currently, mm-hmm. and I know you're not going to read it, so it doesn't matter, That's fine. are the fifth season series, mm-hmm. which is a series of books by uh, N.K. Densing, where you know the, the world is effectively had already ended, and you've mm-hmm. come back from the brink, and there are these creatures that are, they, you know, they call them stone eaters, like stone people, mm-hmm. that have some, some weird mission that they're not always sure with, but they can basically do magic. And you follow the story of certain individuals interacting with them and the mm-hmm. consequences mm-hmm. of that. And I'm also reading the Wheel of Time books, which is like 14 goddamn books. So there's so much material to pull from there. And it's actually like, honestly, reading the Wheel of Time books, 
everything else is derivative from the Wheel of Time books. <laughs> Seriously, like like Lord of the Rings happened, I understand, and this guy pulls inspiration from that very clearly. Every other fantasy book I've read is derivative from the Wheel of Time because it was written in the eighties. Anything, anything, Forgotten Realms, um, Elminster. Um, what's the other one? My friend was telling me about anything. That, anything that comes to mind. This was in the eighties. It was in the eighties and nineties, and he just—it took him forever. He was—he was, he was very George R. R. Martin about Original it. Original D and D came earlier than that. I'm saying fantasy stories. I'm not saying okay. the game because the game rules. The story's not the same every yeah. time, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but even obviously, Game of Thrones makes a really good setting. Game of Thrones would be interesting. Uh, I think it leads lends more to the political intrigue yeah. part, which people yeah. might want to engage with. Okay, let's think. Uh, let's think a little bit more outside the box, and let's talk about you know the two big. Uh, Space Oddies out there. Star Trek, Star Wars. Could you turn that into D&D somehow? I know that they. Uh, Star Wars obviously has its own system. Star Trek has its own system. There's even Starfinder, which has its own system. Yeah, you could easily take the story yeah. of could you? orphaned kid on but, planet. But I mean, I, mean I, want, I want space travel. No, I fuck want, that. I don't care about I want that. lasers. I don't want that. Can, can you do that in a D&D setting? There, yeah, there's all sorts of rules for that already in place. I don't, the, I don't want I don't, to. I don't actually remember them in 5th edition. I remember them in 3.5. No, not in 5th edition. Yeah, 3rd edition, not yeah. in 5th edition. But I have no interest in doing that. If I wanted to play the Star Wars game, I'd play the Star Wars game. Or what about modern? Could I have a dude with a machine Honestly, gun? Honestly, I, I fucking have... hate... Because the exact reason. Like, oh, I got a gun. Ah! Yeah, but then everyone else has guns. And then you have a car. And it's, yeah. like, it's not... If I wanted to play real life, I'd play real life. If I wanted to play Grand Theft Auto, I go play Grand okay. Theft Auto. I'm just, I'm asking if it's possible to adapt. Of course it is. I don't think it's the spirit of the game, though, to, to adapt. To this play. is a high fantasy game. It's a, exactly. High fantasy, sword and sorcery. There's goddamn dragons. Ooh, uh, Rain of Fire. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Rain of Fire, a not great movie. Perfect adaptation, perfect melding of a contemporary world with dragons. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And sort of magic. Um, there's... Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They could you could take that into high fantasy. That'd be easy. That's to really easy to convert, yeah. right? Um, the one that I would love, if I could play out the movie, I'd love to do the labyrinth. I think that you be know what so I've never much. seen the labyrinth. Really, really, so much fun. You gotta watch Dark Crystal, and then you can watch <gasps> labyrinth. You know, it'd be great. What? Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. Oh my God! All right, For such audience, intrigue. Listening audience, if you have not seen Cabin in the Woods, I'm not gonna spoil anything for you. Probably my favorite, one of my favorite movies in the last 10 years. Good job, zombie Easily. arm. So good. So funny. <laughs> so interesting. It's so good. You have a party of characters. Most of them don't make it. Very, not, very stereotypical. Really very stereotypical, right? Yeah. Jester, athlete, scholar, slut, virgin, and she's not called slut. She calls something else. Harlot or something like that. Slut. Yeah. Party. That they, doesn't mean that it has to be a woman. Men can be sluts, too. There's a... That's why I didn't want to use the word slut. There's um. You know, big bad. It's a, you know, it's not a big bad. It's well, no, no, bads. no, no. But that's the thing. But then there's a big bad. Yes, exactly. Yes. There's a bigger bad. Yes. Oh man, Cabin in the Woods would be great. Yeah. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Cabin in the Woods. This Combine is, them. Yeah. Mm. Mash up. Make it work. Mm. Oh, you know what? You know what would be a great source of inspirational material and is for many people mm-hmm. the Bible, the Holy Bible. Yeah, especially Old Testament. Exactly. Well, the, that's the one I'm thinking of because it's the same for the three major religions, mm-hmm. right? The Old Testament. Um, everything that happens after that with Jesus and whatever, and then different... Jesus! Right, and then everybody else's version with uh, Muhammad and yeah. the other one. Like, that's more specific. But the Old Testament has got all the stuff. It's got angels. Yep. It's got fire. It's got demons. 
It's got devils. You know, devils. It's got leviathans. It's got fighting it's wars, got battles, betrayal, and and, and yeah. hellfire. Yeah. You know the Passover in Egypt. Big oh, deity man. involved, yeah. right? I think any of those religious stories, all the way back to polytheistic religions, Greek, Greco-Roman, mm-hmm. Egyptian, mm-hmm. Norse. They've got such good mythology to just steal from. You actually brought one up that I've been trying very hard to make a character that fits it. Norse? I No, Egyptian. I would love to make an Egyptian character, an ancient Egyptian character. Well, if we had that in play environment, you know, 3.3rd edition had Deities and Demigods book with the Egyptian deities oh, to use. Oh, I mean, you can, you can still use them. They have them in the Player's Handbook. They have the Egyptian deities back there. They don't have as many of the rules, but the... Um... All you gotta do is make the play setting. Like, guess where we are? It's pyramids. It's a desert. It's yeah. a big river. Yeah. Like, but but it just uh, it never happens. But I think it'd be a lot of fun to really dive into the mythology. You know, where Ra's literally fighting off the darkness every goddamn day, and you know, and all I, yeah, that exactly. Shit. There's major, there's big stories happening. And you, you got Anubis in there. Maybe you judging come across you when you die, his, whether or not you get um, to live again. What's his name? Great. Who bought, Prometheus? Who got the fire? That's not Egyptian, but yeah. No, is that the one where his yeah. liver's being eaten out over yeah, and over again? Prometheus. You come across him, and you're like, hey, you come across this guy who's chained to a boulder and his bird's eating a liver over and over again. Yeah. Like, that would be cool visualization. So it's not, I mean, it's fantasy, but it's not the same kind of fantasy, mm-hmm. but religious text provides a huge so then, inspiration. Would you say that it's a good idea to take the ideas, but not the exact characters? Um, it depends. Same thing as before, where I don't think any of the players in our group have read the Bible from front to back, so I could very easily use the same characters without modifying it. Depends on the characters. Like, everyone knows who Cain and Yeah, I'm not going to do that story, but, but if it was Samson... You know, Samson and Delilah, everyone knows that one. You change the names, you wouldn't Well, wouldn't no, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Oh, well, yeah. The thing that people use all the time is the seven deadly sins, mm-hmm. right? That happens mm-hmm. all the time. Good anime. It's just called seven deadly sins. Yeah. Oh. It's on Creative naming. Yeah. Castlevania. Oh, man, I'd love to do that. There you go. Oh, I'd love to do a Castlevania campaign. Or even campaign. video games, right? Like Metroid. They talk about space fantasy mm-hmm. games where these, these fucking bugs attach onto your face and it kill you. Yeah. Easy. Teenage Ooh. Mutant. What? Teenage Mutant. Alien? That'd be a good oh. movie to live out in a D&D setting. Yes. That'd be a great one shot. Yes. Yes, actually. That'd be a great one shot. Or any, you know, the Cthulhu... Lovecraftian environment works. It lends well to aliens. Very much so. So you could easily do like an arrival type thing, or you know, a contact mm-hmm, type mm-hmm. thing, where it's like this this creature you have no idea what it is just shows up on material plane, and your medieval environment has to deal with aliens. Yeah, there you go. It's like cowboys and aliens, but earlier and better. <laughs> but no, uh, Lovecraft always said, uh, "Mankind's oldest fear, I know, mankind's strongest emotion is fear, and his greatest fear is fear of the unknown." Yeah, of course it is. That's it. I think that's the whole. I think the whole point of of what he does, and I like to try and keep that up whenever well, I'm using. Well, another his work. author who was, works in a very similar vein would be like Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. And his writings, mm-hmm. they're not necessarily fantasy stories, but you could take the feeling. The Red Death. That would be a great. Uh, you story. know, like the Telltale Heart and those things, and like that that feeling in that moment, and expand on that. Mm-hmm. So like you're you're trying to paint that tableau or using it as inspiration yeah. for a bigger story. Mm-hmm. That's I think a big key is not. You talk about using the same characters. Maybe you don't even use the story, but you use it as inspirado to be like, oh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run with this. Maybe at some point the characters have to find a killer that literally boards up his victims in walls. Right, and you just, yeah, exactly. Any TV show or movie has inspiration available for you. Dexter, 
looking for a serial killer who's actually a good guy, yeah. right? Impossible uh, to find because you, you think he's working with you. Right. He's been alongside you the entire time. He's been covering his tracks. Um, the uh, What's the other show with the serial killer? There's many. Like, where would even start? Uh, uh, you were talking about Edgar Allan Poe. There used to be a show called The Following. Oh, yeah. With James Purfoy and Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. First season was great. Didn't care about yeah, anything yeah, else. Bad after, after that. that. But Didn't the first care. season was very good. Right. Cults? Cults are always a win. What? That's why I got two. <laughs> yeah, I think cults are easy because it allows you to throw fodder. Mm-hmm. Like mobs. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you need to fight a cultist. Here's a cultist. It allows you to have a big bad that could be summoned or used or whatever. It's mm-hmm. got fragmented parts to it. Love a good cult story. Yep. And those play out in most fantasies. Mm-hmm. The Wheel of Time, there's a big bad. Um, and he has 13 disciples, basically. And they're like super powerful wizards. Always good to have a cult. So that actually goes into what I was going to ask next. And uh, it's something that I feel like is doable but difficult. At level 20, let me just ask you this question. Sure. You hit level 20. Yeah. What are you at that point? Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Do you think that there could be a situation where you're a superhero? Ooh, comic book. Yeah. Can you work comic book stories into your campaign? Yeah, I just... Okay, I'll get to that in a second. I saw an image. I didn't know this was a thing of Santa Claus getting the Infinity Gauntlet. Did you see <laughs> no, that? No, I have not. Apparently, that was a comic. Santa was corrupted by the Infinity Gauntlet and was just like a motherfucker, and everybody's trying to stop him. So funny to see. I was like, oh, my God. That'd be great. Because Santa Claus, he's 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 already like a god. Yeah. He can be anywhere at any time yeah. and can just sort yeah, of produce he's, I think he's just like a wizard. He's a very powerful wizard. Yeah. He doesn't age. Yeah. He has an army. Yeah. He can be multiple places at yeah. once. He effectively can or, just summon things. He's a druid. There you go. He gets out of chimney by turning into a mouse every time. No. Whatever he no, wants he, to do. He literally manipulates reality. He, yeah. Haven't you seen the Santa Claus? He changes the chimney to a dip. Or not the thing. He changes the vent to a chimney. Yeah. He can manipulate space time. That's one version of it. Santa is Santa's working in quantum physics. Yeah. 100% of the time, every time. Ooh, campaign where Santa's the bad guy. Speaking of the holidays, of course, Santa as a bad guy, or even, what's the stupid one? That's the actual bad guy. Krampus. The Krampus. Easy. Demon. Demon. Yep. You got to save Santa. Save Santa from Krampus. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a it's holiday a one shot holiday in the one waiting. Shot. Saving Santa from the Krampus. And maybe you don't call it Santa in your world. Maybe it's a different version of Santa. It's not the you Krampus. You better call it Santa. You call him Santan. <laughs> something Saint stupid. Nick. Call him something really obviously Santa. Dude's about to be canonized. Krampus steals him. You got to save him so he can become Saint Nick. Oh, yeah. He can become a deity. So that he can become Santa. Yes. Otherwise, Christmas never happens. Or any of your childhood stories. Yeah. Uh, any of the Gr- Brothers Grimm stories, any of the Disney stories. Sadly, when I was doing my story time uh, sessions, uh, we never got to the my favorite one where you guys were going to literally go through a Dr. Seussian land. Ooh, oh! I had such grand plans for that would Snizzlefoots and great. whatnot to come fighting for you. That'd be awesome. Yeah, Doctor Seuss would be great. It'd be it'd be very unique. It'd be a lot of fun. I think it'd be great for first time players. Where the wild things are. Yeah, it's like any trippy ass kids story could perfectly be bastardized to a D and D campaign. So, I think that we've presented many ideas. Oh yeah, but I think the point was to expand what we think of as inspiration. Yes, don't. Not everything has to be Lord of the Rings. You are a fighter mage. Right. You know, go back to original D and D. There was what the thief. 
the fighter man and the wizard. I think those were the ones. Spider-Man. And a priest. I think those were the four. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat could be a thing. I, I think the, the, the moral but of the, the story is expand on that yeah, notion. There's so much inspiration to draw from. There's so many stories that you can take and create your and make your own. Right. All right, and that's it for this episode. I think we've learned something. That's it for this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's it for the year. Uh, We will take, I think, one and a half-ish weeks off and be back in 2019. Um, Between now and then, I would suggest and encourage you to subscribe and rate the show on wherever you found it. Again, that helps other people discover it. Follow us on the Twitter at RWD Podcast. And always feel free to send us topics you want to hear about or your D&D rants at rwdpodcast at gmail.com. And we will see you next year. Till then.